Good morning. I am Jan Fran and welcome to The Briefing, the podcast that gets you up to speed every morning with the news you need to know. It is Wednesday the 26th of August and I'm joined by Annika Smithhurst. And this week, sentencing is underway for the Christchurch terrorist, Annika. Yeah, we're hearing some harrowing accounts from the victims of that Christchurch shooting back in March last year. Those brave people have had to face the gunman for the first time and we were lucky enough to hear from one of them this morning, an amazing first-hand account coming up. We should show him uh, we are strong and we are united. It will be hard. It's not easy, especially when you know the person who kill the, uh, our friends, our brothers, sisters, and he just front of you, just five metres far away from you. Before that, let's get the big stories of the day. First to some developing news. 366 return travellers are currently being evacuated from a travel lodge hotel in Sydney's inner east after it was deemed unfit for quarantine. Yeah, police say they regularly audit the 16 Sydney hotels involved in the program and this one just did not meet expectations. Here is what one guest, Lauren, told the ABC last night. The tables were sticky. There was white car- white powder all over the carpet. There was clumps of someone's hair on the couch. Uh, the bathroom was so dirty, I didn't even feel comfortable walking into it. Um, so it was really, really devastating. That does not sound too good. Look, there were three new cases in the state yesterday, one of them in hotel quarantine. The other two are linked to known outbreaks. Meantime, in Victoria, the masked singer outbreak has grown to 16. All up, there were 148 new cases in the state yesterday. Uh, Victoria's Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton, though, reckons that we might start seeing infections in the double digits soon. I do hope that we can get under 100 uh, next week uh, and uh, even lower the following week. Uh, It is trending in the right direction. We sure hope you're right. The greatest challenge the aviation industry has ever faced. Those were the words of Qantas domestic CEO Andrew David while announcing that another 2,500 staff are being laid off. Even when flying does return, it will take years to recover to where it was. And that means we have to make some fundamental changes to how we do things. The airline is planning to outsource baggage handling and aircraft cleaning at 10 major airports, including Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Transport Workers Union Secretary Michael Caine is calling on the airline to repay $260 million in JobKeeper payments since it's fired staff anyway. What Mr Joyce has done today is he has spat in the eye of the community spirit that was put in place by Scott Morrison back in March when he announced the JobKeeper scheme. Yeah, it wasn't just Qantas announcing cuts yesterday, though. The fashion retailer Mosaic, uh, they own Rivers, Katie's and Noni B, among others, say that it'll close up to 500 shops when leases run out in the next year or two. Uh, It hasn't revealed how many jobs will be affected by those closures. Our climate is changing and those who wrote the report actually acknowledge that. That was the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian there. Now, the report that she's talking about was handed down uh, by an inquiry into the deadly summer bushfires 
that warn that we can only do so much to prevent and tackle fires in the face of climate change. The state government has accepted all 76 recommendations from the inquiry's findings. Here's Emergency Services Minister David Elliott. What we see out of these 76 recommendations is going to sharpen up our ability to prepare for the unknown. Now, I read this report yesterday. It's quite long. It's quite big. So I'll try and summarise it for you. Look, among the bigger recommendations and focus is nighttime water bombing and also landowners are going to be forced to do more aggressive land clearing. And if they don't, the RFS will actually have the power to come onto their property and do it for them, which is a huge change. The federal court has sided with the WA government against Clive Palmer, who is trying to open the state's border over claims that it's breached his constitutional rights. The court has ruled that the closure is the most effective way to keep COVID-19 out of the state, and it agreed that opening the border could have catastrophic consequences. Mr Palmer is trying to bring down our border with the East for very, very personal and, I think, selfish reasons. Uh, What we're trying to do is protect West Australians. That was the Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan there. Look, Palmer argued that the closure was unconstitutional because it impacted his ability to do trade and business and it limited free movement for Australians. The case will now head to the High Court and the Premier is expecting a good result there too. Well, we're very confident because the facts show that the borders have saved people's lives, that there could have been catastrophic outbreaks here in Western Australia but for the border. Now, WA hasn't had community transmission in well over 100 days. They're very proud of that. And they attribute that in some significant part to the fact that the borders have remained closed with the East. Breaking news, an anti-Muslim terror attack in New Zealand. In the New Zealand city of Christchurch, the gunman was live streaming the killings at one mosque on social media. 51 worshippers killed at the Linwood and Alnor mosques. The youngest, just three years old. March 15, 2019 is a day New Zealand and the world won't forget. It was the single largest massacre in the country's history, perpetrated by a then 28-year-old man from Grafton in New South Wales. Here's New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern shortly after the attack. He sought many things from his act of terror, but one was notoriety. And that is why you will never hear me mention his name. He is a terrorist. He is a criminal. He is an extremist. But he will, when I speak, be nameless. Sentencing is currently underway for the man in Christchurch's High Court. He has pled guilty to 51 counts of murder, 40 counts of attempted murder and one charge of committing a terrorist act. The maximum penalty is life imprisonment without parole. That's a sentence that has never been handed down in New Zealand before. This week, the court is hearing from surviving victims and their families. No words can describe what my heart experienced at that time and still experiencing You gave yourself the authority to take the souls of 51 innocent people. You orphaned 51 children. You killed your own humanity. I decided to forgive you because I don't have hate. I don't have revenge. I forgive you. Watching on as members of his community gave their impact statements was Hisham Alzazor. He arrived as a refugee from Syria six months before the day of the attack. We asked him what happened on that day. After five minutes, the attack happened, and uh, I I shocked first. 
I fall on the ground. I'm down. Uh, next to me was uh, my friend who, who took me to the mosque. I find he was uh, taking his last breath. And, uh, and yeah, after the police came and uh, they took me outside, I surprised after two hours my friend, he passed away. And then I heard about his son as well. And uh, another child who was with us in the same car, he passed away as well. And uh, his son, the, another son, he, he was injured. I didn't came face to face, to be uh, clear. Uh, just uh, I was inside. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when the shooting started, I ran, or, or I didn't run. I thought it's a joke first, or uh, someone he will say, or oh, hitting the camera or something. I was just stand there and uh, I didn't know what I need to do. Then when I saw all the people run, I tried to keep uh, running. And then because he started shooting the top, I was down. The people started to fall on me and I couldn't see anything because uh, on the top of me, there was two, two guys. What has the impact been on your life since that day last year? Obviously, it's it's not just something that, lasts one day, this sort of pain will last a lifetime? No, to be honest, recently uh, I have, uh, after 15th of March, I struggle a lot about dreams from last month, start to back again. I don't know why, but maybe every one, two days I have bad dream. And I thought I finished. I was uh, complaining about my hand after 15th of March. Then <laughs> Unfortunately, after one and a half year, they missed to fix my hand. They they find my hand, it was broken from 15th of March, but they didn't notice that. And now I have surgery next month. Mm. Just you should keep struggling with, with uh, some details. It will uh, just keep remind you about, uh, about what happened. And uh, yeah, like you didn't have enough. Hisham is one of more than 60 people who have prepared a victim impact statement, which will be read to the court and to the gunman who killed 51 of his fellow worshippers. Yeah, it was very weird, to be honest. And uh, he was look at the people like he's, uh, like he's confident and he didn't uh, 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 do uh, anything like wrong. And he was just look at the reaction for the people. He wait, maybe some react. Uh, it gives him maybe more power or more proud to to feel proud when he will see uh, people cry or when he will see he will see someone complain or something. Yeah, this is what I noticed uh, yesterday. Mm. And how do you prepare for such a moment, coming face to face with the killer, and also? having to tell your own story in that setting? You know, it's, uh, uh, even now, I don't know what uh, I... Uh, of course, I would be maybe more quiet, but from inside, just uh, it's not easy. I, even now, I don't know if I will read my impact statement or I will let someone to read it. But uh, because I'm uh, confused and we should show him uh, we are strong and we are united, it will be hard. It's not easy, especially when you know the person who killed the, our friends, our brothers, sisters, and he just in front of you, just five meters far away from you. Yeah, it's, it's not easy, especially by like 
he just his react and uh, and yesterday someone he forgive him. What what did you think about that? You 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 watched yeah, as my, one of your community I, members said that she forgives the man who did this. What do you think about that? I don't know. Some people they 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 have the choice to they have the choice, and I don't know what uh, what they think. For me, for this is my opinion. I can't forgive someone who killed fifty-two people. And the problem is, when I read the summary, twenty-five page, I read the summary. His comment it was he feels sorry because he didn't kill more. It's like a slight joke. Like you can't forgive someone who still think he's right and he's sorry. I tell him I'm sorry because you 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 killed me, and then he will tell me, but I am sorry because I didn't kill more. If you could say one thing to the man who did this, what would it be? Uh, well, if he's a human, I will ask him why. But the problem is uh, not a human to ask him because he will start tell you about some rules in his world and something unreasonable. But just I will ask him why. But this kind of uh, terrorist. Uh, you can't ask him even any human question. The perpetrator, the gunman, is likely to die in prison. That's the most likely yeah. sentence he'll get this week. Do you feel that's adequate? Is that enough for you to move on with your life and, and, and you know, find peace? To be honest, we're looking far to continue our life normally. But unfortunately, it's it's not finished for, for the victims, right? something will still inside you uh, about what happened. But in these days, if he will stay in the jail all his life, and you know, uh, we know he will be suffering as he make the people suffering, yeah, it will be it will be good. Not any punish is enough for any tourist around the world. Even if, you, if uh, he will take a death, it's not enough you, you, because uh, crime like this crime, you think, oh, he, he died. It's not enough. That was Hisham Al Zazur talking to us from Christchurch. And you can hear the emotion in his voice, and understandably so. It is a very tough week for the victims and for New Zealand. And I just hope that the sentencing brings at least some closure to the families. It's obviously going to be a huge moment for everybody involved, but maybe the sentencing offers the start of a new chapter for these people. Okay, well, this afternoon, we've got a bit of a special treat for you. I I assume that you're implying it's a boring answer. Um, (laughs) And what's your favourite podcast, Tom? Separating this one. Um, You know what's happening now, though, Tom? It's like, because all three of us are here, we're like ganging up on you a little bit. I can take it. Bring it on. Sisters or something. (laughs) You're right. We love you. Yes, that's right. To celebrate our 100th episode, we've assembled the whole team for the very first time to thank you for being with us on this journey in our Ask Me Anything special. So we've turned the tables. Look, that'll be available to download from 3pm. Don't forget, subscribe to us at Podcast One Australia or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you tomorrow or this Arvo. A Podcast One production.